Talking with Girlfriends is our therapy, our entertainment, and our education. Join me, Madden Chate Jones, and my good girlfriend, Tennille Daniels, for an hour of healing through hospitality as we welcome friends from across the lifestyle and wellness spaces to join us for some good, healthy girl talk. Pull up a seat, get comfortable, and make yourself at home. You are now listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? Welcome back to the show. I made it back. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And you have some (laughs) you have some new technology. Yes, I have some new technology. So last week, you all know I was silenced by my own doing. (laughs) Were you Um, silent or were you silenced? I was both. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have been procrastinating on, on getting a new computer for months and months and months. And so when it came time to um, record the Laura Casey episode, I was ready to go. I had got on early and my computer would just not cooperate. And I didn't want to hold up Maddie and um, Laura. So I was like, y'all just go ahead without your girl. But praise God, you got a new computer because we had the, uh, the we had some echo issues, some audio. I mean, it was, it. we were on a, on the last leg for several episodes, but we made it. <laughs> but we made it. So that is my, one of my favorite things for this week is my new MacBook Air. Yay. So I'm excited about that. And then I, y'all heard Maddie say I had to give two things this week because I was absent. True. Um, and so my favorite thing of this week is actually this waterfront house that I found. Um mm. I was in love with it and Mm. I put in an offer. I didn't get the offer, but I just thought of this lesson um, earlier today that is so applicable to the situation. So when I wanted to move into a neighborhood in DC, I was very intentional about knowing what neighborhood it was. I, you know, would walk around the neighborhood. I visited a number of condos in the neighborhood to just figure out what it was that I wanted. And, you know, a couple of months later, I was able to purchase a condo in that neighborhood. Mm. And so I kind of look at this opportunity as I was, you know, able to go after it. I didn't get it. But now I can manifest that waterfront property Mm. in the neighborhood that I want um, because I started the process. And so... I'm excited about that. I I had to grieve the waterfront property, y'all. If you follow me on Instagram, I put some pictures in the stories. The view from the master bedroom. That thing was... You would just wake up every morning to water, water, water. I thought about I thought about some amazing things I could do with that waterfront view, and I thought about some um, amazing but kind of nasty things I could do too, like some freak out stuff. Where, where are you? Where are you going today? <laughs> I didn't expect I'm just, that. I'm just being real. Wow. So, anyway, for, thanks for that tidbit. That's what I was loving for the past two weeks. A girl has needs, and I was like, "Oh, this would be amazing." Anyway, not it was it was very sexy. It was very sexy. Girl. Yeah, it was lovely. So yeah, we'll we'll keep on dreaming and doing and manifesting, and it will be yours. It will. The house that God has for me, it will be mine in due time. Y'all, so it is you- it is giving seller's market out here. Okay, yes, y'all know my husband's a realtor, and um, it's. 
it's like my realtor too. Yes, he's her realtor as well. It's a bidding wars. Like sellers are out here winning. People are giving cash above what the home appraises for. Like mm-hmm. I said today, we should sell our house and go where I don't know because it's not great time to be a buyer, but sell our house and go do something. We actually have a friend who is doing something similar. And I was yeah. like, you better money grab yes. and figure it out. Yes. Get that mm-hmm. equity and sit in an apartment for a year or two. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So that's where we are. What are you loving this week? I am loving these blowouts by Hair and Space. Um, it is a local um, salon in College Park, Maryland, not too far from the University of Maryland. And they do some amazing blowouts. So I'm back for my third um, week and I am loving the, the flow. Yep, I'm actually going to get me a blowout at Hair and Space this afternoon. Yes. And you know the thing with the blowout bars is it's like they do what they do and that's it. Like it's three Mm -hmm. styles you can choose from. I mean, I think they do a few other things. But basically there's a menu. You go in. They're always on time. No line, no wait. Great service. And you come out flowing. And reasonable. And the price is right. Right. To the point that I've been there every week, that I can go every other week or every week because that price is right. So um, shout out to Hair and Space, a lovely woman-owned, black-owned business in the DMV. Check them out. All right, guys. Today's Table Talk topic. So we are um, moving through the month of April. As you guys know, we have been talking about fresh starts all April long um, in line with the spring and spring cleaning and spring renewal. We kicked off the series with some Girl Talk with Tennille on setting hopeful expectations. As as you can hear, she is still doing that with the new home and all of the lovely things that she is manifesting with um, an attitude of hopefulness and gratitude. From there, we went to the value of resting before before you reset with Michelle McKenney. And last week, I was able to unpack how to grow good goals with our friend Laura Casey from Cultivate What Matters. If you have not tuned into this month's episodes, they are a must listen. I gained so much from the conversations. I'm gonna be honest, I don't always go back and listen to all the episodes again. I listen to each of these episodes twice because of just the season that I'm in and um, I got a lot from them. So if you have not caught up for April, please do so. And this week, y'all, we are so hyped to close out the series with a conversation on taking things to the next level and what that really looks like. So welcome to season three, episode 12, Level Up, Level Up, Level Up, Level Up, Level Up. It is time to welcome our guest to the table. I am so excited to be able to welcome Catrice Pedro, who is a mom of three boys, two that she birthed and one bonus baby, who shares her journey as she navigates through motherhood with her following, also known as her tribe. Her social platform and blog, The Funny Mama, is a one-stop portal with everything from recipes and easy DIY projects to mom hacks and lots of jokes to help women in this crazy journey that is motherhood. Catrice is also the author of Sear, Whip, Drizzle, a collection of recipes uh, moms will love. And she's also the founder of Fet Posh, a prom for moms. Mm-hmm. I want to hear a little bit more about the prom for moms. Let's welcome to the show, the funny mama, Catrice. Welcome, Catrice. Welcome, Catrice. Hi, I'm so excited to be on the podcast. Yes, girl. I was trying to go to this mom for proms and then the pandemic squashed the um 
the plans. Yeah, I know. We actually, we've had to push it back now like five times. Oh, girl. So, but it's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. So we're going to do like a hybrid because the whole thing is everyone gets really, really dressed up. The way Mm -hmm. it came about was because I was going to a friend's wedding and I was like, dang, we really don't. After prom and your wedding, you really don't have another time where you really get dressed up for you. Mm -hmm. Even like a wedding, it's all about the bride. And, you know, and so it's like, well, when do you get dressed up again for you? So that's what I wanted to do to have something where moms could go. You wear, we wear gowns and get yes. our makeup done. And it's just like a really fun night. And and because it's just all moms, I feel like it, in the air, you could just feel like we all were like, our kids get on our nerves. That really peace. This break. So everybody, you could tell, everybody was just like letting loose. There was no guys there or anything. It's no just judgment. Moms. Yes. And it was just moms having fun and we were really drunk. It was just really <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun. So this year, because we we were gonna have it in October, mm-hmm. we changed it again. So we are we're gonna have like a hybrid of it in October, where it's gonna be outside and it's gonna be more of like a mom's night out. Mm. And then we're gonna do the actual prom again in the spring. Ooh, I will be there for both of them. Wear a mask with a gown. That's not fun. Right. Yeah. 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 No, but you I know like what? I have been seeing these like really fancy masks lately with like the rhinestone. Girl, people yeah. with fringes. <laughs> with <laughs> I see. But we have a we have a um a drop down to get your eagle on competition. And I just Ooh. don't know how that will work. Right. Yeah. You, got, you can't do it without sticking your tongue out and then you got yeah. the mask on. You yeah. got <laughs> so no, I'm like, you know what? Let's just do something outside. So it's a yeah, little no. That's going to be good. All right. So we're going to jump into today's discussion. So Catrice, how we kind of do things on the show is we um, start off with some more, you know, basic background type questions. Then we dig into the topic for today, which is leveling up. And then once we've warmed you up, we're going to really go in for some heart questions. So um, we're going to start with the first one, which is if you had to describe yourself, not just what you do, because we often describe ourselves by what we do or what we produce, but who you are in just a few sentences, what would you say? Well, the first word that came up was goofy. <laughs> that was literally the first word that popped in my head. Um, I would say the best way to describe me is I'm lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love making people laugh. That brings me the the most joy. Um, And I try to lead with kindness in everything I do. I'm also petty. So, I mean, that kind of. You, we <laughs> all need our fair share of patty, okay? Just, just on the side. I to lead with kindness and everything. That's good. That's good. <laughs> lead with kindness with a side of patty. Lead with kindness, kindness finish petty. with petty. <laughs> all right. So the next question is, the Love Madden brand is centered around healing through hospitality. What does that mean to you? How do you believe we grow as individuals through how we relate to others? Um, that's so funny because my major in college was hospitality. Um, oh, wow. And I I always say for me, I mean, I would be taking it literally with hospitality, but I, I do feel like um, gatherings with your friends or I'm all about a tribe, having your tribe. And I feel mm-hmm. that's why I think I always have 
like get togethers with my friends because I feel like that in itself can heal anything. Yeah. You being around your friends, you talking it out there, especially if you have great friends that are judge free, you know, mm-hmm. they don't, they just allow you to be yourself. Um, I think that, yeah, I think, I think it's just, I, I mean, my mind really goes to hospitality, like mm-hmm. actual hospitality. Mm-hmm, and I just mm-hmm. think that it's just, you know, that, that tribe, that, that group of friends who uplift you, it's very important. It's something that I always encourage people to do. I know, especially in the DMV, there's so many different, um, like organizations mm-hmm. that encourage people to find friends. And mm-hmm. I think that that is my, I, I treat my friends like my sister. So I think that it, that's, that's a very important thing. I love that. And we know that you cook. You are a published cookbook author. Um, and so we always talk about too with the gatherings, how just gathering around like some food and drinks or whatever is so, um, it like sets the table for that healing experience and those therapeutic conversations. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every time anyone comes over my house, they know there's food and drinks. And if there is food and drinks, that means that I'm trying to help you with something. If you need to help me, then you need to bring You need to provide. <laughs> If I'm struggling, you need to bring a pizza and a bottle of wine. Right, right. I'm the therapist. If I'm cooking, then I'm playing the therapist today. Exactly, exactly. Um, Okay, so tell us more about what you do. Like, what is your, what do you you consider your occupation? If you had to explain the funny mama, this is how we ask our guests to do it. If you had Mm -hmm. to explain what you do to an elementary age child, so like a fourth or fifth grader, if you had to break down the funny mama, how would you describe it to them in the simplest terms? Okay. Um, I encourage moms to be themselves, to love themselves, and to understand that there's always an easier way to do something. Mm. If that makes sense. That does. No, that makes total sense. Absolutely. And it was super plain. Usually people get on here and kind of they get they get to a good answer but they struggle and i kind of felt like you were very like clear and concise mm-hmm. uh, definitely a fourth and a fifth grader can understand easy love, <laughs> love you know yeah. all those yeah. things yeah but. for sure and like the making things easy i think that is so true to everything that you do cuz it's not just the cooking it's not just the crafts it's not just the there are so many things that you um that you do but that you help to simplify for moms and even non-moms who are part of your tribe so that's um, yeah, that was good. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your personal story and your upbringing and how it has impacted how you show up in the world today. Okay. So, I mean, I, I always say this and I know everyone says it, but I, I'm, I am so blessed to be from the family that I'm mm-hmm. from because one, we're, you know, I'm I'm half black, half Mexican. So I, have, I come from two very powerful, strong cultures, which mm-hmm. I'm very proud of. My parents really always made it a point to teach us all about our culture and embrace our culture and love, you know, our culture. So in that aspect, that's why I'm always talking about, you know, things like that, because mm-hmm. it's so important to me. And it's been, you know, yeah. um, I also came from a family of very strong women. Um, my parents, their, one of their main goals was to always teach us that there's nothing that a man can do that a woman can't do better. Mm. And so my dad would have us, he, my dad is the builder. So he would build stuff. That's not even what he does, but he would mm. build stuff all around the house. 
my grandfather, we would go to um, all of all of my cousins and I, my sisters would go to my grandmother's house in Virginia every summer. My grandfather was a mathematician. Hmm. He also built stuff. He had like 37 instruments in this one room and he knew how to play all of them. And then he oh. would every time another one of us would make it to the fourth grade, we had to go into the room and pick out, pick out an instrument. We all had to play an instrument. And then we would, he would make us do like calculus when we're like in the fifth grade and you couldn't get <laughs> lunch until you answered the questions. And we had to do like home ec, I, was, I mean, um, uh, what's it called? Wood shop in the backyard. Like two times a week, we would make like bird houses and all this stuff. And so my dad was, you know, like the same way. And my mom, she came from her family. She's a family. Um, she comes from six siblings mm. and they didn't have a lot of money. So my grandmother always had to make everything mm. from their Halloween costumes to like piñatas for birthday parties, like everything they made. And they, because it's six siblings, she would teach them to do it, to sew mm. and all of that. So my mom growing up would do the same things for us, even when, I mean, when we were younger, my parents didn't have a lot of money. They waited until we became adults to get money, which I right. think is <laughs> They petty. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I see what you do now. But she used to, they used to teach us how to do all of these things. And as kids, we would be so annoyed. Like, we just want to be kids. We want to go outside. We want to do this and that and whatever. And it really wasn't until three years ago that I built my first thing, which was my office. I mean, my mm. desk in my office. And it was just because I was asking my dad if he could do it for me. And he was like, you know, you could do it, right? You have mm. the tools. And I'm like, Wow. So I sat there and I did it. And then mm. I built a, a, what's it called? A um, bay window. Mm-hmm. See? And I, I just started building stuff. And then I started realizing like all of these things that you learned when you were younger, you never have used them. And then I started doing more stuff. And that's when I started sharing it with the tribe. And I started, you know, so it's like all of these things that I feel like if people really tapped into what they learned as children, mm. there's so much that is like riding a bike. Like it'll just come to, you know, but it's, it wow. seems more intimidating than it is. But a lot of things I look at, I look at stuff as like a, as a puzzle. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I literally do Sudoku and put, do puzzles all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's but a mathematician. I, <laughs> right. I, I look at things like I could look at a piece of furniture and say, okay, if I were to pull this apart, how would I make it? And I think that's why I said I think I really try to encourage people to simplify the way that they think because sometimes mm-hmm. something can look very intimidating. But if you step back and realize this, this I don't know, nightstand is only four pieces pieces of wood nailed together. Mm-hmm. It's not you know, tricky. So things like that. Um, and then I ha- I got pregnant. Well, I got pregnant and I, I really just jumped into it. Didn't I? I got <laughs> pregnant at 18, gave mm-hmm. birth at 19 mm-hmm. uh, to my son, CJ, my oldest son, CJ. Um, I got married to his dad when I was 20. We couldn't even drink. Mm. We got divorced at 21, obviously. I mean, come on. <laughs> we, right, were, we were right, right. We were 20. But we're great friends now. We're very, very close. He's an amazing dad. Um, and then a couple, maybe like five years later, I met um, Ashton's dad, and mm-hmm. we got married, and I had. Um, um, Ashton and he has a son Elijah so I've been in Elijah's life for 10 years Mm. and um yeah my youngest has autism Ashton has autism CJ just made it to president of SGA Elijah Elijah just got a full ride to good counsel for high school wow congratulations 
So with, as far as my kids, they're, they're amazing. They are, they're all completely different, but you know, and I, I feel like even though I had CJ so young, I really didn't have a plan for my life. I just knew I wanted to go to culinary school, but there was nothing else after that, that I really had a plan for. So even though I had him way younger than I ever thought that I would, you know, have a child, I, I do say that a lot of the reason why I, you know, kind of started having goals and dreams and ambitions was because of my kids. I didn't mm. want them to be like, oh, your mom is a bum. My mom is a bum who doesn't <laughs> know what she wants. And I really sat and had to like figure out what I wanted. So, mm. yeah. Okay. So you have so many different things, right, that you've shared with us. You've had an experience as a teenage mom. You've had mm-hmm. an experience as a mom of boys, a child with um, autism. And so there he has needs that come along with that and things you've had to learn and research. You do mm-hmm. the crafts, you do the cooking, the hospitality. There are so many different skills, um, gifts that God has packed into you, so many different life experiences mm-hmm. that he's been very intentional about giving you. So how and when did you know? How did you decide to essentially take your story, your purpose, your lived experiences and align them to become a business, like a a whole, a lifestyle brand. Talk to us about like how you got here. Was it an aha moment? Was there something pivotal that happened that said, you know, you, you said a little bit like you were inspired by being a mom, but like, when did you know that the funny mama was like really a thing? Well, so with my my two pregnancies were completely different with CJ. I, you know, I was 19. My body was, I was in tip top shape. So I had him naturally. He was fine afterwards. He, he, he's like the most independent child. And it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. And then with Ashton, the whole circumstances of how Ashton came about was already starting stressful because I'd had so many surgeries, like fibroid surgeries, ovarian cyst surgeries, that my doctor was like, look, you've had so many surgeries, there's so much scar tissue. If you want to get pregnant, you need to get pregnant within like the next two, three years, or it's just too dangerous. Like it's already going to be dangerous, but the longer you go, the more the scar tissue is going to build up and it's just too dangerous. So at that point, um, Ashton's dad and I were not married yet. And it was already like, uh, (laughs) well, sir what's about to happen and then he ended up proposing or whatever we got married we got pregnant a year later on our first try Mm. which already we were like oh okay i didn't think it was going to be right away Mm -hmm. yeah so pregnant and then it was high risk and we had to do like a scheduled cesarean like it was all of this stuff going on the whole pregnancy was like super intense and then um after he was born I went through postpartum depression. I just couldn't stop crying every single day. And I didn't realize it was postpartum depression until maybe about month four or five when my family, like my sisters and my mom, what they were like, something is not right. I mean, I'm always joking, always laughing, always playing. If anything, they're always like, you play too much. You don't know when to stop playing. So they were not used to me not wanting to be around them, not wanting to be around anybody. I would just cry for no reason. So uh, at seven months, I went to a therapist. And at this point, I had started to feel a little bit better, but it wasn't like I was in tip top shape. And then mm-hmm. that's when they told me I had depression and anxiety. Mm. And, and that's when I got diagnosed with ADD too. Mm. And um, 
But I told them I didn't want to be on medication for depression or anxiety. I wanted to see if there was like natural ways for me to try to heal myself. And they mm-hmm. said to get out of the house and mm-hmm. to get dressed in the morning, like mm-hmm. simple things, you know, come go out, go for walks. And then they said, and join a support group. Mm. And my worst mistake at that time was that when I was going through postpartum depression was Instagram because I was comparing myself to other people who had just had babies. And I'm like, they're so happy. They're Mm. out with their their babies look so happy and this and that. And it was making me feel like I'm such a bad mom. Mm. So because I couldn't find anyone who was talking about postpartum depression and and in the the African-American and Latino communities, anything mental health is very taboo. Taboo, Which is really unfortunate. And it's something that, you know, I really want people to take more seriously because it can happen to so many people and it's your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And, and it's isolating. It's isolating yeah. when you can't talk to your own family or community about what you're going through. Exactly. And it's um it is something that especially with postpartum depression, if you ignore it, it can develop into actual regular depression that you mm-hmm. have for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um so it's something that you need to take care of. So that's how the funny mama started. It was mm. me being very vulnerable. Mm. I just wrote a blog about it, my my first blog, and it was just me being like, "This is what's going on," like being honest about like I love my kids so much, but sometimes they get on my nerves mm. and blah blah blah. And it was just literally, and then you know, I was like crying, writing it, and whatever. And I posted it, and then in two days, I had seven hundred and ninety-two people had read it. Wow. Oh, so for me, in my mind, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to blow up. It's about to happen. <laughs> right. Nope. Nope. That's not how it happened. It was. Just, nope, it, was. It, was just, it, took, it took a while. It took a while. But it, I mean, it was more therapeutic for me, I feel like, because there were so many people saying, oh, my God, thank God I found your page because everybody on Instagram just makes motherhood look so easy. And I'm like, you don't understand how you just made me feel because I'm being vulnerable saying how much, like, I want to run away sometimes and how sad I am. And you guys aren't saying you're a bad mom. You're saying me too. And it's making me feel like, you know, I have this community. So I always say that the funny mama, it, I feel like it saved me. It, it, it made me feel like, um, I was normal. I was okay. This is what moms go through and I'm not a bad mom. And so when I started just kind of showing all my stories, little things that I would do, like me cooking or, me building something and people started to like it, then I was like, well, this is my way to give back then. I'm going to share my recipe. I'm going to share how I build stuff. I'm going to share hats. So it was kind of like, you all have given me the peace of mind that I was looking for. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to pour into you all as much as I can. Mm. So today we're talking, I wanted to take that answer even a level deeper. So today we're talking about like this entrepreneurial journey and how we sort of level up, not just in entrepreneurship, but just like in general. So that's Mm -hmm. sort of how the funny mama started, but take us through like the last, cause it's been maybe a two or three years sort of glow up, blow up, (laughs) um, take us through that experience and like what what things were happening like simultaneously like were you working a full-time job did you leave when did you know to leave your job like how how were things happening sort of in front of the scenes and behind the scenes as you were moving up and leveling up in your um, business 
Okay, so I've been doing it since Ashton was seven months old. So for like three and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was really slow in the beginning. Um, And I think I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm one of those people who I start a project and I don't finish them all. Mm -hmm. So I think even my family was surprised that I stuck to this, you know, as long as I did. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until um, the summer, last summer, actually, that my page actually really took off. Before that, when I did Fet Posh, which was in 2019, I had, I think I had 8,000 followers and I did not expect the response that I got for the prom for moms. Mm -hmm. I really did not. I didn't think we were going to sell that many tickets. I didn't think that many people were going to come. And we did. We sold 150 tickets, which was crazy to me. So Mm -hmm. I was, that's the first time that I was like, okay, maybe I should turn this into a business. But I was still working full-time for NASA and I was like, "Mm, I don't need to. I'm also a very, like, um, I'm, I play it very safe. I'm never one to kind of like jump jump off. Like I, I have to be, I work best when I'm backed into a corner, but I avoid being backed into a corner. <laughs> but then I found out that I was going to be in like September. I found out I was going to be furloughed in mm. November mm. Um, of 2020. So I went to my sister and my brother-in-law and I was like, hey, I need to write a cookbook. I had always said that I was going to, but I really had no intentions or it wasn't like on the top of my priority list because I had a job. So I was like, you know, I'm just doing this. It wasn't, I wasn't really getting anything. It took me three years to even create any kind of merch or anything like that. Cause I never, I worked so hard to let people know that they can trust me. The tribe know they can trust me. I'll never push anything on you that I don't use myself mm-hmm. or that I don't do myself that. I didn't want to come out with all of this merch and be like, okay, now buy stuff from me. Right, right. So I waited so long so they know, okay, I'm really doing this because I feel like these are things you would really like and mm-hmm. use and you know, whatever. So um, I called my sister and my brother-in-law and I'm like, I need to do something because I'm not going to have a job. I'm going to be furloughed. And so they were like, okay. And I spent three weeks over their house. I made 65 different dishes mm. and we, we were taking pictures of, everything. It was like exhausting. They designed the whole cookbook. They, my best friend, Brittany, um, edited the whole thing. My other best, best friend, Pam, who's hilarious. And she's a writer. She used to be a writer for Tyler Perry. She helped me write some of it. Cause I wrote like funny things in the beginning. So we like have writing sessions where we're just like cracking up and writing nice. you know, recipe. And then when it came out, I sold 250 in the in the pre-sale and I was like that's wild. I, I know and I was just like it's one it's just for me I was like I, it felt so good to know that that the tribe trusted me enough to say look we haven't even seen this book we don't even know it could be full of of nothing but we trust you enough we love your cooking enough that we're going to support you and buy this book Mm. and so I'm still furloughed I'm still waiting you know I know they're going to bring me back but because I'm I'm an event director for them it's Mm -hmm. just kind of that's like the last thing they're going to open up but Mm -hmm. by the grace of God I've been able to maintain you know I've been able to make more with just off the sales of my book. Look at that. God is good. He, go ahead, T. He's no, I was going to say, you mentioned earlier. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> <too>. <laughs> But he's giving you, like you said,
said earlier, like he's giving you all of the tools that you need to be mm-hmm. able to, um, you know, thrive and survive during this time. He knew that this mm-hmm. was coming. And so, yeah, I think it's just an amazing testimony to that. Like you have everything you need. You just got to dig into that toolbox and use them when necessary. And get going real yeah, quick, Tiana. Before- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think it's just crazy because there were so many years that I was like, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I feel I always joke with my family and friends and say, he was probably looking at me like, I've given you what you need to do it. You're just not doing it. I mean, what do you want me to do? It's like that thing where, where um, I don't know if you've ever seen The Pursuit of Happiness, where mm-hmm. um, Jada Smith says that a guy was drowning and they sent a boat. And he was like, no, 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 God's going to save me. And then another boat came and said, no, no, God's going to save me. And then when he died, he was like, why you didn't save me? He's like, I sent you two boats. That's how I feel like God would be like, you can do it. I sent you everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. Real quick before you move to the next question, Tennille, you talk about um, your sister and your brother-in-law and their amazing work with the website and the formatting and the pictures. Mm -hmm. Can we do a quick shout out to D2D? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about their business? So it's D2D Creative, and then D2D Focus is what they branched off to when Bonnie started pursuing photography. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do websites, they do videos, like um, marketing videos, they do um, any kind of photo shoots. They've worked with Under Armour, the state of Maryland. They've worked with, like their their whole list is so long, and the work that they do is so amazing, and just to... Wow be able to have them and I know I get on their nerves because I'm like hey can we do a photo shoot tomorrow and then I don't pay them like this is a real job lady exactly that's what she always says she's like I'm sorry I have to take a paying customer today I'm like oh oh tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow that's part of what God put in that in that toolkit though he gave you to the marketing and the website girl yeah that was alley-oop I mean if you didn't do something with this Yeah, my mom does hair and makeup for, well, she does hair. Um, She's been like top, or I think she's been listening to Washingtonian Magazine like 10 times as top colors in DC. She was a lead stylist for Project Runway. So then I have that for like my hair. Girl, you got all the people, all the tribe members are there. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's so crazy. And I always tell people like, it's really not me. It's it's just the people around me. They're so amazing. And I'm, I'm mm. so blessed. I thank God for them every single day. Yes. So, so good. All right. So you've done and do a lot of things. You cook, bake, event plan, you DIY, social media influencing, and so much more. So what would you say is the greatest personal lesson that you've learned from your journey as it relates to leveling up and moving forward to doing what it is that you desire, whether that is with the funny mama or even in um, your life as a wife and a mom? So I think that that's a really great question. I would say any advice that I would give anybody and what I feel like has been the reason why I have even though I have a long way to go, but I celebrate little victories. So the success that I have now, I would say it's because when I started the Funny Mama, I promised myself I would be 100% myself. Mm-hmm. I was not going to, I wasn't going to hold myself back. I wasn't going to censor myself because I thought this is what people would want. And, you know, there was a lot of times I have a potty mouth. I love God so much. I hope you're listening to me right now, but I do have a potty mouth. and. 
I just talk the way that I talk, you know, and I feel like people appreciate that. Yes, um, they do. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times that's like a huge no-no on social media. It's like, you need to watch what you say. Don't say that. Don't, you can't say bad words. You can't, don't, don't talk about this subject. It's taboo. And I feel like for me, I do, I'm obviously, like I said, I try to lead with kindness. So it's, it's never anything of, of me talking about subjects that are, are mean or anything like that. But I do feel like, especially in the mom community, there's so many natural things that happen to all of us that nobody wants to talk to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I like to talk about it. I like to open it up. And I would say that there's only one of all of us. So if you're 100% yourself, you don't have to worry about being compared to anyone else. There's not mm. going to be anyone else like you. And so with everything I do, that's that's how I have to, that's how I move forward. And, and it's funny that you, you mentioned me being married because I'm actually getting a divorce. And there was a, there was a lot of reasons why I'm getting a divorce, but in my decision-making process, I did have to understand and sit back and look at myself and say, okay, now that you're being 100% yourself, not just on social media, but with your, in, you know, just in general, mm-hmm. is this, is this who you are and where you want to be? Is this something you can put up with? Is this something you can deal with? Is this something that brings you joy? And even in that, in answering, which was a very dis- difficult decision for me, one that I you know, put a lot of thought into, I realized that this is, that's not me. And even when we got into the marriage, I was being someone that I thought he wanted me to be. I was not mm. being myself. And so that is a very... It, it it can feel very freeing when you understand it, but it's also like, well, dang, what do I do now? Now this, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a domino effect of, okay, now I've finally established who I am and what I want out of life and how I want to be perceived, you know, mm-hmm. but now everything else doesn't fit. But again, there was a whole bunch of other reasons why I got mm-hmm. the door I'm getting mm-hmm. to, but you know, when you're making the decision, you have to think of everything. And, and that was basically what brought me to the decision to say, okay, I need to, you know, move on. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't know. So let me apologize for bringing it up, but I actually oh, think no, that there okay. was some intention there, right? Because mm-hmm. that to me, that's the the ultimate level up. So of course you're leveling up in your business, but just being um, courageous enough and authentic enough and knowing what you want and what you don't want and all of those things, mm-hmm. to me, that's the ultimate level up. So I, I really appreciate you sharing Thank that you. with us. Yeah. Thank and you. I feel like the nugget of the episode is when you said you were being 100% yourself. And if you're 100% yourself, then you can't really even compare yourself to anyone because you're one of one. Like that's, that's it. That's the tweet. Like if everyone could just get that, all of us, like if you just show up as exactly who you are, your trauma, your experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, Mm -hmm. and not just try to like, you know, polish it all, then there's Mm -hmm. nobody. I mean, there's no comparison because you're the only one that has all of those things. So that was good. Yeah, and I feel like I struggled a lot growing up making friends and stuff. Well, I went to the same school from kindergarten to eighth grade. So those are, mm-hmm. that was like growing up with siblings, you know? Mm-hmm. So then when I went to high school, I was very socially awkward because I never had to make new friends. I always had the same friends that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And um, it was something that for me, 
I would always try to hide things that I thought people wouldn't like. And I feel like because of that, that caused an even um, more difficult time for me finding new friends. And what's crazy mm. to me is the moment I just, it was when I turned 30 and I still have my friends, like my close friends that I've always had, like my, my two best friends have been my, mm-hmm. my best friends for like 20 years. But mm-hmm. in general, I feel like the moment I was 100% myself and the moment I was authentic and transparent with the highs and the lows, mm-hmm. that's when people are like, oh, she's pretty cool. She's mm. being, on, you know, I can talk to yes. her. I can do this, I can do that. And I feel like there's more power in you saying all of the, the low, you don't have to say all of the lows, but the lows you feel right. comfortable with because right. you then become relatable yeah. rather than just being an influencer that right. is just sharing all the good stuff because you don't yeah. understand how the effect you really have on people. And I never wanted people to think my life is perfect. My life mm-hmm. is this, which is why, even though sometimes like with the divorce, I decided 10 months ago, I was going to get a divorce, but I just shared it on the page like five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it's because, you know, one, I had to make sure that I was okay before I shared it. And two, I feel like it's important to share things like that because number one, you don't know who you can help. And number two, like I said, it makes people know, like I am a real person who's going through all of this stuff all at one time. I, you know, and it's okay. That's fine. It's okay if you're like that because people beat themselves up off of social media on social media mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the times it's just all happy things and it's like yeah. that's great but you need to have the balance you need to yeah. you need to show the real things or people are going to really be hard on themselves yeah yeah I, I i love that and i love what you said about showing up as your real self on social media but also in your personal life because there are so many people who don't just show up as, you know, highlight real perfect, whatever on social, but like they don't have a safe space in their own home. They can't be their real self with their friends, with their husband, mm-hmm. like a picture, like that is your safe space is your home. So if you can't really be your full self in your relationship or in your friend groups, like how detrimental that is. So I think mm-hmm. what you said is very freeing for people. It's not even just about how we show up to the public, but like Every day in my home, do I feel free to just be myself mm-hmm. or with, you know, within my friend groups or whatever? Like, am I being my real self? So mm-hmm. that's really good. So, Catrice, you have been very candid um, about the challenges that you faced in this season of growth and leveling up um, with your tribe. So you've talked about Aust- um, Ashton's um, autism diagnosis. You've talked about mm-hmm. being furloughed. You've talked about your split from your husband after you've taken the time to process it, guys. Don't feel like you have to be like right. a martyr for the people. Like, Do your work first. Learn from Catrice. <laughs> right. Take your time and, and share when you're ready. Um, But we know and you share openly that there will always be rough times in life um, Mm -hmm. when you are in a season of leveling up. They might be happening just right alongside those good times. Like two things can be true at the same time. You could be, you know, totally blowing up here over here on social and with your tribe and feeling all of this loving community here but then also going through some really difficult and challenging times on the job or, um, you know, learning about your son's diagnosis or with your marriage. So if you could give our listeners one or two 
um, takeaways or key thoughts that might encourage them on their journey for when they hit these challenges and they will, um, what, what would those things be? Um, so I, like I said, I try to, I always try to leave with kindness and positivity, even though it's not that easy all the time, but I, tr- I have tried to change my thoughts, my thought process. I actually had a friend who told me maybe like two years ago, like you always think negatively, like that's where your mind always jumps first to, th- to think of a situation. You don't even think of how to get out of it. It's just like, oh my God, this happens. This is the end of the world. So once mm-hmm. that was told to me, I started trying to change it. And it has helped so much. And, and once I reflected on on just my life, I realized that every single time I went through something that was like a really, really rough time, there was something great that happened afterwards. And the the rougher it is, the greater it is. So all I keep mm. telling myself is, <laughs> oh, God has something awesome for me in store. Yeah. So every time something else happens, like my oldest just got into big trouble and I was like, Okay, here's another thing to add to the list. Here's just another thing. And I'm like, oh God, I see you got something really good. You got something coming for me. (laughs) Coming for me. I'd be checking my bank account, like, did something drop in there? I'm like, something is happening. Wait for it. Something is coming. So, because things keep on happening back to back, I'm just like, oh, this is huge. Whatever this Mm. is, it's huge. I think it's just, it's all about the way. This is something that I have really been practicing and learning within the past two years is just your perception of a situation mm-hmm. and looking at a situation when, when, when life is tough, you look at it as a moment in your life as just a chapter in your book, but it's not the entire book. Mm-hmm. And I always just try to think about when I look back at this time, this is just something really awesome that's going to go in my autobiography. <laughs> that's what I'm it's going to be so great when people are like, whoa, what? That really happened? So I just try to, I try to flip things to, you know, to, it's not easy all the time. There are times where I'm just everything. I can't, I can't push myself to be positive and that's okay too. There's mm-hmm. some days where it's too much. But if you can check yourself, you allow yourself that time to cry or to be sad or, you know, whatever, and then bring reel yourself back in and say, okay, you had your time to cry. Now it's time to get back to whatever it is. It doesn't mean that you need to get back to working or you need to get back to being perfectly happy and this and that, but you need to get up, you need to get dressed, you need to keep moving and it will get better. You will get out of it. Mm, That's good. And for those of us who deal with anxiety, um, that catastrophic thinking, that is real. Like going straight to the worst case scenario, it it takes a level of consciousness to say like, okay, let me not just think about what could go wrong and then act like that will go wrong. What about what could go right? But that you have to be conscious to think that way, especially if you do tend towards... um, feeling anxious. It's not going to be your first thought. So that, that shift, um, of perspective is big. Yeah. So share with us one actionable thing that we can do to get started on moving towards our dreams and leveling up. Um, what would you share with us? Is that one thing we can do tomorrow or next week to get started on that journey? Um, I would say just start. That's mm-hmm. literally what it. I did. I, I had no, I had no plans on writing the cookbook, and mm-hmm. I just started. I just did it, and whatever 
you're you're getting in your own way. Because had I have known that I could do this before, I wouldn't have waited until I You'd was. You'd have been started. Have <laughs> been started. But it's like you have to start. Like you have got to take the first step. And something that I like to do, I actually learned this from the office. I love the office, the show, but I learned mm-hmm. some stuff from in one episode they said yes one episode (laughs) Pam told Michael because he was very overwhelmed with everything he had to do and she said what I do in the mornings is I write a to-do list and I do all of the easy stuff first so that I can check off the to-do list to say that I've gotten stuff done today Mm. and then I start tapping the big things and that once I saw that episode like four years ago I started doing that. I write my to-do list in the morning and I go, if if it's a day that I'm very overwhelmed, I do the small things first. And just seeing those check marks, it shows me like you're getting stuff done. So you could do that with your business or if you want to start a page to be an influencer or something like that, just write a checklist and do that. And you're moving in the right direction, but don't hold yourself back because you feel like nobody's going to want to listen to you Mm. or nobody's going to buy your you will never know if you don't just go out and do it do it that's good look at the office coming through with nuggets I love it all right so this next portion we're going to ask you four questions in quick succession so it's going to be like a lightning round but we're going to take it a little bit of a deeper dive um even though I will say Catrice you have been very a vulnerable and honest yeah. and deep with us already. So I don't know, you know, how deep this is really going to go, but um, we're going to start off with these questions and we're going to move through them pretty quickly. So question number one, what is the biggest surprise that you have had in the last few months? I would say the response to my cookbook. <clears throat> mm. Mm. Nice. Love it. All right. The next question is what's something that you're excited about right now? I am excited about, I'm excited about my future. I'm excited about where I'm going to go. And the fact that this is the first time in 10 years that I'm going to be making decisions for my life by myself. Not wow. with, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it is just a different feeling of like, wow, I'm completely in control now of my whole life. That's good. Wow. That's good. I love that for you. Um, okay. Question number three, what is a failure or a setback that you're especially proud of? What is that? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. A failure or a setback that you're actually proud of? Oh, a failure or a setback or a setback. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say, oh, I would say me me dropping out of culinary school. It would be. I thought when mm-hmm. I dropped out of culinary school, I could technically go finish right now. I only have like five or six more credits to get. But five I just, or six? Something that, you're right there. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> No, I know. And I think that because it took me so culinary school took me so much longer because CJ was born. So I would have to take night classes so I couldn't take Mm -hmm. as many. And, you know, and it wasn't until and so I I dropped out and I was like, I'll finish when I can. And, you know, whatever. And I didn't think that my time there was I was as memorable, you know, like anybody remember me or anything until I I did some of my classes at PG. And the the class, the teachers that they had, the professors were actually very, I was very surprised that PG was able to get these professors. They were very Mm -hmm. well-known, very well-respected. And one day I got a call. This is, I hadn't been in, I hadn't been in school and I went to PG for like 
seven months. I hadn't been there in maybe eight years. Mm. And I got a call that they wanted me to teach in their summer program. Wow. And they were like, yeah, you came highly recommended by a couple couple of your old professors. And one of them was a, he used to, he used to be the head chef at, what's that place? Someplace in New York. I forgot what it's mm-hmm. called, but it's like mm-hmm. something on the green. It's in Central Park. It's like their only oh, tavern little, on the green. Like, restaurant. Mm. Tavern on the green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the head chef there and he was the one who recommended me and said he wanted me to teach. And I was like, whoa. And then, you know, I was able to talk to him and ask him later, like, what made you want to call me? Or, you know, mm-hmm. like, I didn't even know you guys. I even, even thought that I was, and he was like, you were amazing. We were surprised that you weren't doing anything else. And that was also the boost for me to start to do the cookbook and to start sharing stuff. It was like confidence, the confidence boost that I needed because, you know, sometimes you think like, oh, I can do this. I could do that. But it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. But you're you that. And then to hear this. Yeah. It was a great feeling. So I had been feeling like a failure for a while off of dropping mm-hmm. out of culinary school. And then that happened. And I was like, oh, cool. This is so that wow. that was it. Love it. All right. Next question is, what is something that you stand in need of right now? How can we pray for you or support you and what that thing is? Okay. So the first thing that popped in my head was wine. (laughs) I don't know. He stands in need of wine. Oh, we can do that. We can do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I would say. I would just say for strength, you know, it is, mm-hmm. it, it, I do feel like this is the strongest I've ever been in my life. So I'm very proud of myself for how I'm handling situations and how the Catrice, if I was in my twenties, I would have been panicking right now and not mm-hmm. even knowing what to do. Um, but yeah, for my strength, I mean, it's still, even though I'm excited about the journey, it doesn't mean that it's going to be so easy. Like I thought, right. um, I did hear you all talking about how like the housing market selling right now is like so awesome, which it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm definitely with my mom and it's going to have a really nice looking bank account until yes, ma'am. Dropped, and then I'll buy my own house. But yeah, I just think just, you know, for my strength and my kids, it's, it is going to be a journey where I'm doing these things by myself. So that is what you guys could pray for. I would appreciate the prayer in that. For sure. Drop me your um address after this and I'm going to leave some wine on your front porch too. Yeah. Oh, That's I was like, we you. got wine. Yeah. We, can, we can make that. We can make we that. We got happen. prayers too. We, got, we, can, we can make we, those happen. We got wine and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, last thing, Catrice, let our listeners know where and how they can find you, where they can connect with your work. How can they reach out to you? Okay, they can find me on Instagram um, at the funny mama m o m m a, and then my blog where I share different stories of my experiences. I share all the things that I do with my um, youngest son Ashton to help him in his development with his autism, which he's doing wonderfully. And yes. I share different recipes there too. Um, and you can follow me on TikTok, which I joined as a joke, and it has now taken over my entire life. And that is the funny mama on TikTok as well. I might do you need do to... the dance challenges <laughs> on um, TikTok? Me too. I'm like, only, I come over there at your house and learn. Like, I, yeah, I've done like two or three, but my boys have like 
begged me. And really they begged me because I do it better than them. And that's me mm. being mm. they're just they're just because my niece always wants to do it with me. So they're fine, but they they have blocked me from there because I kept I kept tagging them in videos I was making and they were like, Okay, no, this is getting out of hand. This is Mom, you're hand, embarrassing so. me. <laughs> but I, I have a ghost account, so I can still see their stuff. They just <laughs> Like a true mama. Thank you so much, um, Catrice. We're going to come back at the end of the episode for the question of the episode, but now it is time for a word with Madden. So today's scripture comes out of Isaiah 43, um, verses 18 and 19, and it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So here's my thought for the week, y'all. Don't carry old things into a new season. There are seasons in your life where your future does not look like your past at all, or when it doesn't even look like what you see in the present. There are times when the new thing that God has for us is so bold and so audacious that we just might not be able to envision it at all. In this verse, God proclaims that he is doing a new thing. And while it may feel like you can't see it or perceive it, as the scripture says, because you're still in the wilderness, God says that he's making a way or a path in the wilderness. If you feel like you can't see it because your current situation is such a dry, barren place, God says he is making streams in the wasteland. The King James Version says, I am making rivers in the desert. Picture that. The verse opens by saying, do not dwell on the past. That doesn't mean that we can't or should not process or learn from our past, but that we shouldn't dwell on it. To dwell literally means to live in or to remain for a time. Living in our past is harmful. It distorts our perception of the future and it steals our joy from the present moment. So while it might feel hard to break free, we cannot stay in our past. God gives us a blueprint. If he who is greater than all things can forgive us for our past, for our mistakes, for our transgressions, then who are we not to forgive ourselves? In verses, verse 25 of the same chapter, he says, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. So move on from your past and make a way for a new thing. So here's our practice for the coming week. Spend some time dwelling in the present this week. Set aside a few moments to take inventory of and appreciate all that you have in this season right now. And that practice will open up the heart space to allow God to usher you into a new thing in your next season. And now it's time for the question of the episode. All right. So this week's question is, is there an area of your life that you're working to level up in the coming season? So Catrice, we will start with you. Um, I would say, yeah, my in my appearance, because I've just gotten very comfortable in sweatpants and sweatshirts. And now that, you know, things are opening back up outside. I really had to look in my closet and realize like, I I have no clothes anymore because I kept giving away clothes. So it's like, I need to take care of me. I'm a a cheapskate, I really am. And I 
but I, I'm not cheap with my kids. So I make sure to get them everything. They have all mm-hmm. the new clothes, all the new stuff. But with myself, I'm still wearing clothes that I bought five years ago. So mm-hmm. that is one, one thing that I'm being very intentional of like spoiling myself this year. That's good. I see you graduated from them gold hoops to some little dangly earrings the other day. And I was like, this is a look. I like this. I put it on for about five minutes and I put back on those hoops. Like, you oh, put the hoops back on. <laughs> yeah. I, like, mm-hmm. I look like a Christmas tree. I hate no. it. I was like, oh, oh my goodness. I loved the look for right you. Now. Girl, the curls with the dangle. I said, she is out here looking really cute. So much. You're welcome, honey. All right, Tanil, is there an area in your life? I try to jump and ask you because I'm not ready. Is there an area in your life that you are working to level up in the coming season? <laughs> yeah. So what I wanna um the area I wanna level up in is my health. So you all know that I am on this journey to motherhood and I'm getting closer to the point where um, you know, there's some major things happening and I need to have my body in as optimal condition as possible. So of course I could probably lose like 50 pounds, right? But I ain't got the year and a half or two years or whatever (laughs) it would take to lose the 50 pounds. So I'm gonna just lose as much as I can, but not even, I I, I do want to lose weight, but I really want to focus on just preparing my overall body. So that's being hydrated, you know, moving my body more. I'm going to start doing some acupuncture to get Mm. the blood flowing in all the right places, taking my prenatal vitamins, stretching out my body, just trying to do all the things. Also, I need to watch like what I'm eating. Y'all, I thought my stove had broke like in March, right? Went through this whole thing where I had to order a stove. I thought I told you that. No. Girl, it ended up not even being broken. It's just that the um the the outlet where the stove was needed to be the reset button had come out and I didn't know that it had popped out because the microwave which is right above the stove was still working. So I was like, it can't girl, be the I was outlet. looking for stove deals for you. I have a mom looking at everything. Girl, so <laughs> behind my Oprah cookbook, y'all know I don't cook, so the, the cookbook <laughs> was up there for documentation. Exactly. So I have not cooked in I don't know how long. And even though, though that the um, stove is now working, I've still been out of cooking mode and I have got to get out of it because I had started losing weight. Things were going good. And now I feel like I've picked up maybe, you know, a couple of pounds just because I haven't been cooking. So. If I buy you a copy of Sear Whip Drizzle and it's not cheap, will you use it? <laughs> yes. Okay. I was actually thinking about buying a copy for um one of my good girlfriends who is a mom and really loves to cook. Let's so all I would pay it forward. Everybody, yes. I'm going to buy one for Tennille. Tennille's going to buy one for her good girlfriend. Everybody buy somebody sear whip drizzle and yeah. make some food. It's not it's, it's yeah. not hard to make. It looks very, um the little tutorial classes she be doing, they look like very doable. Yeah, I'm all for an easy meal, so... I look forward to getting the book and cooking a meal or two out of it. I might get through all. How many recipes are in the cookbook? She said she made 65. Well, we didn't put all 65 in there because somebody like "Mm, Mm. to 62, I think is how many are in there. That's enough for a whole year. I'm going to commit to making eight of those. I got to start small. (laughs) Hey, I'm going from not cooking (laughs) to cooking. Let me start with eight. All right. Maybe six Okay, everybody on Instagram, because she's she's going to post these, hold Tennille accountable to doing this sear whip and drizzle. Okay, we'll be yeah. checking for okay. you. Okay. 
How like, what am about I leveling you? up? I gave you a lot of you time. Didn't. I came up with something okay. good. I am going to level up my mornings. I was doing really good. Y'all remember when I was reading that book about the mornings? I was doing good in the morning. And then after Ellie got back home from the hospital, sis, whole sleep routine. My baby was mm-hmm. sleep trained, okay? Came back, boo was up all night, party all night, like we were back mm-hmm. in infancy. And she still be up till like 11 30, 12 o'clock, just talking. And we don't even know what <laughs> she's talking about. <laughs> we don't understand what she's talking about, yeah, but she girl. is. Girl, okay. And <laughs> we'd be like, oh, that's great. Let's let night night. So anyway, <laughs> that messed up my mornings. And now when I have some time in the morning, I'm like, "Mm, do I want to get up and work out? Do I want to make breakfast? Do I want to process some orders or do I want to sleep? And uh, 10 times out of 10, I lay back down. So I have got to get it together. It's And I mean, I'm still sleeping like a full seven or eight. It's not like I'm sleeping like four hours. Like she'll go to sleep at midnight. I'll go to sleep with her. We're up at eight. Like, I, you know, I have time to do better in the morning, but I will sleep. Like, I'll be like, oh, let me sleep till 8.30. Let me sleep till 8.45. And it's just, it's not good. My quiet time with God in the morning is gone. Like, all of the wonderful things I was doing. So I'm going to try to get to sleep by 11. And I'm going to try to get back to waking up at, like, 5.45, 6. So we did good. Today, I woke up at 7.35, and it's a Saturday. So that was good for me. That right? was good. Yeah. I was about to say, you're going from 8 or 8.45 to 6.45. Girl, you better start working backwards in like 30 minutes. So this is the thing. I wake up at 7, and then when I see that she's still sleeping, I'm like, perfect. I can, you know, lay back down and go to sleep at right. 8. So so anywho, I'm going to go back to maximizing my mornings and um, trying to find some time to get things done during that little hour hour and a half until she wakes up because she sleeps until 10 which is a new which is a new blessing she'll oh, sleep till like yeah. 9 30 or 10 right but i'm just fiddling around during that time so all right yes all right thank you guys for listening this was such yeah. a good episode we're so grateful to catrice for being here with us today to neil yes i love you guys <laughs> i hope you have time. an amazing week <laughs> we love you bye-bye Bye. Thanks for listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Wait, are you subscribed yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Show us some love and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Yes, and then let's keep talking at lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. That's L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N. And connect with me at Tenille Daniels. That's T-E-N-N-I-L-L-E Daniels.